my first match, my first book match, book match, matchmake. Hello, hi, I'm Erin Vandevin. Thanks for joining me today. This is Medium Lady Talks. This podcast is about figuring out the medium effort way to get the most out of life today. I hope the things I unpack here can role model and invite you to sort out your own ways to live life in the present. This is a show about experimenting to get closer to what matters most. I'm glad you're here, so let's settle in. Hello, hi, and welcome to Medium Lady Talks episode 40. What? Oh my gosh, I don't like to get too wrapped up in the numbers, but there is always something about hitting the tens that feels like a major accomplishment. And uh, this episode, episode 40, is going to be a quick one. We're going to do some rapid fire recommendations for books, depending on your reading profile, where you think you fall in the spectrum of readers and what you might be looking for. And I will try to recommend a book for you based on uh, those uh, those quick profiles. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping to make it a really sweet and simple episode. Uh, that's good, probably going to be hard for me, but reason being is that I um, just kind of tanked out and I set myself up to do uh, medium lady reads all through the month of July. And what that's meaning is that I'm committed to releasing weekly episodes, but I'm definitely, definitely dragging with keeping on top of that schedule. But it is something I said I would do and I do feel like I want to stick to it. So with that being said, I'm going to try and go through, I don't know, maybe like Uh, seven to ten books. We'll see how much steam I have. And I'm going to give recommendations based on profiles. And and I'm kind of, I'm not going to lie, I'm I'm kind of making this up as I go along. I didn't want to overthink it too much. And uh, it's definitely going to be a sweet and simple book-related episode for Medium Lady Reads. This is part three. It's going to be, you know, your your, uh, book love match or your, your book matchmaker, maybe we'll call the episode. My first match, my first book match, book match, matchmake, (laughs) I'm going to probably kind of dabble around a little bit with how this is going to go, but my first book is for the person who actually hasn't been reading in a while. So I talk a lot about books on the podcast. I talk a lot about the books um, I'm reading on Instagram. And if you're not following me, please go ahead and connect with me there on Instagram. I can be found at medium.lady. And I recognize that actually not everybody is reading or a reader, but if you're hanging out with me and you're enjoying the medium lady community, you're probably getting a lot of book content. And I'm wondering if there's people out there who just haven't picked up a book in a while and they maybe don't know what to pick. And so for you, if you are looking to kickstart a reading habit this summer, but it's been a while since you picked up a book, maybe you just haven't had mental bandwidth since the pandemic Maybe there hasn't really been anything that's um, felt like it's worth spending the time. I'm going to recommend to you a book called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. And here's a little bit of an overview. Imagine a library that lives sort of between life and death with shelves that go on forever. And every book gives you a chance to see another way that your life might have turned out. If you'd made a different choice, the book will lead you down the path that that different choice will take you. And so this book by Matt Haig deals with one specific character, Nora, who finds herself faced with the decision of what book to read in the Midnight Library, uh, faced with kind of this possibility of changing her life and exchanging her life for a new one. You know, she 
can examine a different career. She can examine a breakup. She can think about the paths of education that she took or didn't take. This is a really great book that is kind of um, serving the reader something thoughtful, but it is also pretty easy to read, has really beautiful quotes, and it's very relatable, the storyline of Nora. We've all at some point or another, found ourselves wondering about what if we'd made a different choice? How would those things turn out? The book is very visual and captivating. It's kind of cinematic in its own way. And I think that if you haven't been reading for a long time and you're just not sure where to start this summer, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig is a really, really great place to start. And that's my first recommendation. All right, we're four minutes in and I've talked about one book. Let's see if I can keep up with like a, a really swift average on, on these reviews. My next book match is for somebody who perhaps is looking for a Christmas in July vibe or any of the listeners that happen to be experiencing winter in the Southern Hemisphere right now. So you might not necessarily be looking for a beach read. Uh, this may be somebody who's sort of experiencing, you know, a bit more of that winter energy. Either you're preferring to be cozied up by the fire, you're preferring to drink hot drinks, you're not really wanting to uh, get out there in the hot, hot sun. Maybe maybe you're really enjoying the air conditioning and you're just uh, still under a cozy comforter while, um, you know, having the AC on full blast. If that's you, I'm going to recommend your book match be Season for Second Chances by Jenny Bayliss. Season for Second Chances is this really charming book that talks about a recently separated restaurateur in, you know, need of a fresh start. She's looking for a way to break herself free of the experience of her life as she's really trying to um, commit to the separation from her 26-year marriage that's kind of come to this uh, you know, um, undignified kind of end, I'll say. The whole book takes place in the winter. It's set in a place called Willow Bay, a charming home right by the sea, but a town that's sort of come to its quiet season as the beach season has wound, wound down. And it's sort of, it doesn't take place around Christmas, but Christmas sort of features. And the main character of Annie really gets to know the town um, without the dynamics of tourists, the tourists that are sort of in the seaside area. And of course, there's a love interest that arrives, and it does indeed become a season for second chances. The thing that I really like about this book, well, there's a lot I like about this book, but the thing I think that if you're looking for a Christmas in July kind of feeling is there'll be a lot of discussion about the landscape in this book, a lot of discussion about snow, uh, fireplaces, tea, wind, you know, it's, it's very atmospheric of the winter time. And I think if you're looking for a change, either you're looking for a break from this, you know, hot heat and humidity, uh, a season for second chances is great. And if you're potentially a listener in the Southern Hemisphere and you're experiencing the winter right now, then you'll find a season for second chances is uh, much more um, seasonally appropriate for you, wherever you, uh, where you happen to be. The other thing, I just couldn't help it. I don't usually cast characters in my mind, but I did for this book. And I could not help but see Rachel Weiss in the character of Annie Sharp and Ewan McGregor in the love interest uh, character. And that kind of also, you can you can take that along with you as my gift to you for anybody who's matching up with this uh, book. All right. My next matchmaking book is to match somebody who is not looking for a book necessarily 
about fiction, but looking for a nonfiction book and someone who wants to learn more about the art of cooking. If you're someone who wants to learn more about cooking this summer, I'm going to matchmake you with the book Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Samin Nosrat. Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat is a masterful book on essentially the ideals of cooking in just the four simple elements of salt, fat, acid, heat. Salmon Nosrat is a joyful, captivating writer. She's an amazing teacher, and she really will go deeper than you could ever imagine on the topics of salt, fat, acid, and heat. I am a pretty experienced home cook. I've been cooking myself for quite a long time, and I have, I thought, learned quite a lot about home cooking and how to make good food at home. That being said, salt, fat, acid, heat still taught me so much that I didn't already know. It's a book that really goes as deep as the reader wants to go, well beyond the recipes. Not only that, this book is really beautiful to look at, and you can get lost just turning the pages and enjoying the illustrations. There are also infographics that talk about sort of the world of flavor and how salt, fat, and acid, salt, fat, acid, and heat rather combine together to create different cultural flavor profiles. If you're looking for a book that's going to teach you something new, or you're a home cook that's looking to take your cooking skills to the next level, I will definitely matchmake you with Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. This is a textbook of a book. It's quite thick. It's quite dense. And each page is really delightful. It reads at a beautiful pace. As I said before, Samin Nosrat is a really wonderful writer. She tells a really wonderful story. And she aligns the education that she's giving the reader with her own journey uh, from novice to chef. That's Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat by Salmon Nosrat. My next book setup is going to be for the person who maybe doesn't have a lot of time for reading. I find generally that there are a lot of people who love to read, but do find that it's challenging to find the time to carve out, to really keep your attention over a long period of time with a plot line that may follow in your standard novel. And and I get that. There was definitely a season of my life where I had very little time to read, and I had very little time to actually pay attention to and absorb a plot line over the days or weeks it might take for me to read a book. If that's you and you want to be reading, but you really don't have a lot of time to read, I'm going to recommend a series of short stories called Seasonal Work by Laura Lippmann. I will admit I have a bit of a bias against short stories, and that's mostly because I haven't read that many of them, which allows me to have open judgment uh, against them as a uh, way to consume reading or a way to consume stories and to consume books. I have to say that I heard a lot about this book, um, but really what sold me was the review from Jamie Golden from the podcast podcast. That's hard to say. And Knox and Jamie will occasionally review books. Their primary bread and butter is really, you know, popular culture, media, television, and movies. But every now and then, and actually probably more often than that, they will review books that they've read. And this book, Seasonal Work by Laura Lippman, was reviewed and rated uh, as something that um, got high, high praise from Jamie Golden. So I did pick it up from the library. And I have to say, if you are looking for a book that's going to give you something extremely satisfying in a very small serving. Seasonal Work by Laura Lippmann is going to give you 
um, an amazing collection of suspenseful stories that all feature fierce women and will really give you a sense of, you know, going through the experience of reading a novel in the time that it really takes to read a short story. As I said before, I do have a bit of a bias against short stories, but after reading this book, I really recognize actually just how challenging the medium of short stories is. The authors just have so few pages to really take the reader through an experience and give you something impactful, taking you from beginning, middle to end in, you know, less than, you know, a quarter of what a normal novel would do. I think that Laura Lippman is really doing a really good job here in this book, but I actually think that it's not going to matter so much what each story packs, but that when you finish this book, the series of short stories, you're going to really have felt as though you read, you know, five or six different novels. And I think that that's one of the things that makes this collection particularly special. So that's my match for the person who wants to read more, but really doesn't have a lot of time. I'm going to recommend the short stories in the book Seasonal Work by Laura Lippmann. All right, how many books has that been? How many books have we talked about? I think we've made our way through four books. All right, we're going to keep going. I've got a few more for you. My next book recommendation is for someone who is looking to make a change in September. If you are taking the summer to rest, to relax, to prepare for a change that's coming in September, maybe you're changing your job, maybe you're going to move, maybe you're going to go back to school, but maybe you're going to start a business, maybe you're going to change your business. If you're going to see September as the new year in your 2020, I'm going to recommend that you read the book Laziness Does Not Exist by Devin Price. So here's the setup. Devin Price, just like many of us, really believed that productivity was always the best way to measure self-worth. You know, an overachiever, graduating from college and graduate school, and then tells the story of how that success came at a cost as Price was diagnosed with a severe case of anemia and then heart complications from overexertion, they were forced to examine the darker side of all this productivity. Laziness does not exist, I think, does a really good job at unpacking and then putting back together all of the psychological underpinnings of what Devin Price calls the laziness lie, which is the origins of all of this productivity, this productivity myth and the continued fostering of that through the evolution of technology over time. Talking more about reflecting on how much more we do today in from a work perspective than any other humans in history, but still we're always sort of perpetuating and believing the myth that we're not doing enough. This book is both practical and academic. Each chapter is chock-a-block with beautiful references to a number of other fascinating pieces of, of work, either research or books or interviews. I think that if you're looking to make a change in your life come September, you want to spend your summer nurturing yourself. You want to spend your summer investing in you because your change in September will probably take something out of you. And the book Laziness Does Not Exist is a really great book that gives back to the reader. You can't help but read this book feeling supported, feeling cheered on, it allows you to see things in a new light. It allows you to ask the questions that actually lead you to better self-care and lead you to feeling more like yourself after you finish this book. That is Laziness Does Not Exist by Devin Price. I'm matchmaking it to anyone who's going to make a big change come September. 
My next match is for anyone looking for a beach read. Come on, you knew that that profile was going to come up at a certain point, right? (laughs) Anyone going to the beach. And actually, I'm going to say anyone going on any kind of short trip. I'm going to recommend The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood. This is, you know, romance at its finest. It is a, you know, classic tale of the young, bright ingenue meets the grumpy, curmudgeonly, handsome, you know, scientist and hijinks ensue. The Love Hypothesis by Allie Hazelwood is about third year PhD candidate Olive Smith, who's really actually spent a lot of her life putting up walls so that she doesn't have to have really strong relationships. And while the book never really dives into that, um, you can tell from the beginning that Olive has really lived her life with some pretty high walls up until this point when she's uh, entered her PhD studies. And (laughs) through a, you know, classic romance novel series of events, she ends up in this situation with the main character, Adam Carlson, basically trying to convince her best friend that she's got a solid relationship on track and that she's, you know, she's just, she's going to be just fine. So she... (laughs) She gets herself in this situation. And of course, as they sort of spend time together in this fake relationship, Olive's walls that she builds around her start to break down and the romance unfolds from there. Um, This book is really going to be great to pick up and put down as you travel. So it's going to be great to go and wait in line anywhere and read a couple pages. It's going to be great to read while you're at the beach. It's going to be great to put back down and pick up again and read a bit while you're waiting for, you know, the burgers to cook on the barbecue. It's going to be great to put down. This is a good pick up and put down book. The storyline is very low stakes. The characters are really enjoyable. The dialogue moves along quickly, but you don't have to be dedicating any particular level of attention to the prose or paying attention to the series of events that are happening in the story. I think that the love scene in there is pretty compelling. That will probably get you staying up late at night. But, um, you know, that's uh, what a good romance book does when you're on vacation. Yeah, I think that there's going to be very few people who like the romance genre who won't like this book. But I definitely think that if you are making your way to the beach anytime this summer, or the pool or water, or you're gonna, you know, kind of start stop with a family vacation, the love hypothesis is the book for you. Now I'm going to pivot to something a little bit deeper. And actually what I thought was sort of adjacent to the storyline, and that's Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. I'm going to match Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus to anybody taking a plane ride this summer. If you are going to hop on a plane for three to four hours there and back again, I think Lessons in Chemistry is a really great book. It will carry you away. It will really transport you to another world while you're on the airplane. And it will give you quite a lot to sink your teeth into. In a way that I think the love hypothesis is really amenable to lots of interruptions, I actually think that Lessons in Chemistry is quite the opposite. This book is, in my opinion, not properly marketed. I think it's actually offering a lot more than what the cover is serving. Both the Canadian and, sorry, both the North American and the UK covers, I think, really serve this up as a beach read. They serve it up as chiclet, and I don't think that that's what this book is doing. But let me give you a bit of a setup. 
Lessons in Chemistry is about chemist Elizabeth Zott, who is really just not your average woman in the early 1960s as she works with an all-male team in a research institute and, of course, battles, you know, very serious and consistent um, challenges of equality. Nevertheless, while working at the research institute, Elizabeth Zott falls in love and has a whirlwind romance. And without, you know, going into too many spoilers, her whirlwind romance ha- sets a series of events into motion and sets her up to make a series of decisions that eventually result in her becoming America's most beloved cooking show host. I think that it's this sort of story about a woman in a man's world who eventually becomes a cooking show host is really just the tip of the iceberg of content that this book is offering. There's really wonderful points of view on love, points of view on commitment, on family, points of view on womanhood, motherhood, friendship, points of view on comedy, on, you know, bitter, the bittersweetness of life. It's a very observant book. It's a very poignant and bittersweet story. And like I said before, I really think that in some ways this book is being marketed as something fluffier than it is. I actually think this book reminds me quite a lot of John Irving novels. And there's a lot of really wonderful quotes in this book that will just kind of get to you. And I can't help but feel like perhaps because it has a female heroine that we're just sort of catering it to female readers. Anyway, all that being said is this book has a lot to sink your teeth into. And when you go on an airplane, you're really kind of looking to be distracted from the fact that you're on an airplane. And I think Lessons in Chemistry offers something really delightful and deep for anybody who is traveling for a particular period of time. So if you're taking a trip on an airplane this summer, I'm going to recommend that you read Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. Okay, how many more matches can we make? What do we think? What do we think? You know what? I've got, I think I've got one or two more recommendations to make. I think my next recommendation is going to be for anyone who is a fan of the summer blockbuster. If you are signed up for all of the summer superhero movies in particular, if you are, you know, first in line for the new Thor movie, or you're always ready when Disney Plus launches its uh, superhero Marvel series, and you're, you can't wait for the next installment of whatever Marvel or DC or, or any, any superhero or superhero adjacent content, and you look forward to the summer every year as a way to uh, enjoy that, I'm going to recommend you read a pretty cool book called Hench by Natalie Zena Walshots. Here is the overview. Hench is about a character, Anna, who's basically a temp for superheroes, supervillains in particular. As a temp, she's kind of just a cog in the machine, but she starts to get a promising assignment. She starts to make her way up as a temp. However, she gets set up in a way that everything goes very, very wrong, and she actually has a workplace injury with her supervillain job. To her horror, she's sort of laid off with no money, no mobility. She's quite angry and discovers that, you know, her suffering at the hands of a hero or the hands of a villain is far from unique. She starts to 
collect data as a project in her convalescence. And eventually her data starts to point her in the direction of particular conclusions. And she starts to actually pick up some attention from the superheroes and supervillains in the world that she inhabits. And the story unfolds from there. I'm kind of underselling this book because to go beyond this sort of data hint, um, (laughs) I would really risk giving too many spoilers. All that to be said is that as Anna builds this database of evidence, uh, she does gather the attention of a number of superheroes and supervillains, uh, and, and that sort of puts her on a very specific path. But again, because she's looking for job opportunities, uh, it sort of, sort of always plays this funny question to the reader, which is, you know, of course there are superheroes everywhere, but who works for the superheroes? Who's helping superheroes get things done? Or supervillains, who's help- helping supervillains get things done? This book is a lot of fun. It does get pretty dark at some points, but I think that if you are any in any way a fan of going to the movies and you want your books to parallel that experience, Hench is going to get you there. It reads like a blockbuster. It's fast-paced. There's a lot of action scenes. There's a little bit of mystery. There's a little bit of suspense. And uh, again, there's a lot of great dialogue and great characters, just the same as any of those Marvel superhero movies that you get served every summer. That's Hench by Natalie Zena Walshots. It's the perfect book match for anyone who loves a summer blockbuster movie. My last book is for uh, Rainy Day. This is this is a book for anybody who's you know, just trying to make their way through a rainy day. No matter how much we look forward to the summer, there's always going to be that stretch of weather where we're stuck inside. Usually it's because of rain. And a rainy summer day calls for a perfect book match. I'm going to recommend you read One for Sorrow by Helen Fields. One for Sorrow is a novel that takes place in Edinburgh, Scotland. And it's about a lone bomber who's targeting victims across the city. And it seems that no one is safe until the sort of themes start to appear. And it turns out that the bomber is actually, with every tip, designing a trap to bring the police and to bring the investigators in and potentially set more people at risk than were originally sort of targeted. This book focuses on investigator Ava Turner and her partner Luke Kalanak and the experiences that they're having after reeling from the death of a colleague and their dedication to race against the clock as they figure out the puzzle that the bomber has basically put together for them. Most summers come with reading thrillers for me. I really love to dig into mysteries and books with a little bit more action, a little bit more darkness than perhaps I normally would dig into. This book, One for Sorrow, really took me for a ride. There were a lot of red herrings. There were a lot of cliffhanger chapters. It's definitely a page turner. But that's the perfect kind of read on a rainy summer day when you're stuck inside with your book and you're just going to spend your time in another world waiting for the next sunny day to come around. I was really excited actually to find out that this book is actually considered part of a series, but the series takes place typically from the point of view of the male character, Luke Kalanak. However, this book, One for Sorrow, is the first book in the series that takes place from Ava Turner, who's the female um, protagonist in this book. And I always enjoy 
most of my books, I would say, focus on female protagonists. I think most of the books I'm recommending today definitely do too. There were really, really exciting points of this book. It also has alternating timelines, um, and the the alternating timeline away from the Ava and Luke timeline is built is written with a character that is just so compelling and charming and there's really something that you kind of care for you really care for this character in the alternate timeline and when things happen to that character as Ava and Luke are conducting their investigation you're really a little bit muddled as a reader because it seems that Ava and Luke are not onto what's happening to this character and that's sort of frustrating for the reader, but it puts you in this really delicious point of tension. And of course, that's the same thing that happens on a rainy day, is you're sort of in this point of tension between just kicking back and relaxing because it's going to be a rainy day, but also the tension of waiting for the sun to come out in the summer so that you can just get back to enjoying the beautiful weather and being outside and the promise of everything that summer has to bring, picnics and beach time and all, all of what else. That's One for Sorrow. By Helen Fields. It's my recommendation as a book match for anyone looking to read on a rainy day. Okay, I'm gonna wrap it up there. I think we've done half an hour. I think I did about seven books. I'll have to go back and see. Those are my seven book matches for your summer reading, and I hope that you found one that aligns to something you need for the summer, something that you are hoping to put you on a book path, put you on a reading path. Whether you're someone who reads a lot and you're just looking for something to fit the specific tone of your summer, or you're someone who doesn't read that often and you're looking to start in the right place. There's thousands upon thousands of book choices these days, and as someone personally who reads a lot, I still struggle with the choice of what should I read next. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, or if it didn't, or if you have a book that you want to recommend for a specific season of the summer... I would love it if you would connect with me over on Instagram. You can find my episode-related post. is usually a pink tile in my feed. And I'm always happy to connect with any listeners of the show. You can also follow me on Instagram for more, you know, shenanigans online. Lots of fun. Lots of creativity. It's a place that I carve out to express myself and to connect and build community with others. And I would love to see you there. If you like this episode, I hope you will go ahead and rate and review it over on your podcast platform of choice. And if you love this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would share it either on your social media feed or share it with someone that you know the episode will resonate with. Of course, there are so many ways you could choose to spend your listening time. And I'm really, really grateful that you are here with me today and that you're choosing to spend a bit of time listening to this podcast. My name is Erin, this has been Medium Lady Talks episode 40, and I will see you again soon. Bye!